0: Welcome to so skate a fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the, the story. story so, far. <laughs> no wait, we're doing it wrong again. We're having another hiatus.
1: <laughs> that's right, that's right, yes. Uh, to simulate the experience of watching Farscape live as it aired and enjoying the many, many unannounced like hiatus and very scheduling differences between the British and American audiences. Yes, uh, we're taking a break from season two of Farscape just before the end. And we're doing another greatest hiatus And okay, this came together very serendipitously Because it's a movie that, Kay, you have referenced before yes. And that has also been referenced and beloved elsewhere In the podcasting khaki-verse Of which I appear to be the centre
0: oh, I'm trying to say, tell you you have podcasts at home But no, you're not listening
1: <laughs> Today's episode is Oh, wait, look, Kay, what's that? Yes. Is that a wormhole opening in the sky?
2: Yes, oh my My name is Greg, a podcaster a radiation wave hit and I got shot through a wormhole. Now I'm lost in some distant part of the internet on a podcast, a different podcast, full of strange Dutch friends. Help me. Listen. Please. Has anyone seen the film Titan AE? I'm a guest to a fervent fan and a frankly fascinated first-timer, doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. La.
0: <laughs> Hi, Greg. Welcome
1: to SoFarScape. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that so every good. single time? No. <laughs> <laughs> Only for you. Hey! It is our friend Greg and, and my co-host for the Star Wars Rebel podcast, Rebel Air. So this sort of came together because both of you have mentioned that Titan AE is a, is a favorite film. And it certainly, like, fits, like... In this beautiful Venn sort of diagram between Firescape and also Star Wars Rebels. It's an animated film, it's about exotic aliens and people in space. Yeah. uh,
0: Murder, betrayal.
1: Yeah, all that good
0: stuff. What else are you gonna make a movie about?
2: Murder being funny.
0: Well, it is I mean I do have some notes about that actually in this movie. So
1: (laughs) Yes, but (laughs) before we dive into the movie itself, which I'm very keen to do, I'd like to take a moment like Greg. Hi. Yes.
0: Hi. Hi. Thank you for making time in your schedule and being up for what is quite late for you, I suppose.
2: It's a Friday night. I've got nothing else going on, so. All
1: right. Okay, because you're a cool nerd.
2: Is that what you're saying? Like- what what else would I be doing on a Friday night than uh, spending some time with some cool people here? There we well, go. thank you. Watching a cool movie together. <laughs> so Titan AE, it came out in 2000. And Greg, just for clarification, how old were you at that time? It came out about two weeks after my sixth birthday.
1: Whoa. Okay. You were still knee high to a frog. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yes, not quite the target audience at the time, because you said that the target audience was like more like twelve
1: to eighteen. Yes, it was Fox Animation's unsuccessful attempt to court a new audience demographic, like the young, the young adult male, sort of in the in, in the vein of Star Wars. Right, that was the goal, and Don Bluth had been tasked to do that together with his partner. Who well, I would say was tasked to
0: do it. He was like like to actually get the opportunity to do so i believe do
1: you know that this film was originally going to be live action oh wow
0: well, yeah. i mean that would have been a bit of a bigger budget i assume
1: well considering that this movie lost 100 million dollars for fox animation studios and it closed <laughs> six days after the premiere date i'd say that it did a fair probably point. had a fair budget yeah it is a it's a bit of a tragic film this
2: every time that i look into it it's like all oh, right yeah I'm sad now. <laughs> it is. <I> mean, really <laughs> sad.
1: It's, it's a
0: good movie. I don't see why it flopped. I guess it, like it just didn't appeal to the right demographic because it it's got
1: everything that you want in a movie like this. I, I guess it like fits in that beautiful Venn diagram of disappointing diehard sci-fi fans because they've seen it before. Yeah, right. It's quite familiar. Valerian, Fifth Element, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, Farscape was already on air. That that sort of thing, and mm. also like. Oh, it's a cartoon. It was still, cartoons were still for kids
2: at the time, a little bit, exactly. weren't they? Yeah.
1: And the cool kids who knew better were already getting into anime. I
2: just remember, like, I mean, the expectations that like my family did because I mean, my brothers were more in the target demographic than I was. I mean, right. I, for me, it was like, oh, it's like it's kind of cool and kind of edgy, and I just felt like it was a little forbidden because you have some stuff that I wouldn't normally see in a cartoon. So I was like, oh, what's yeah. this? What's going on here? But I just remember like like kind of picking up on my like like on the expectations from my family of. Oh, it's not going to be any good, because the trailer was fine? Was the trailer okay. was
1: okay, that's right. Yeah.
2: That's, <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually seen the trailer.
1: I bet you you've seen it a hundred times, and just every time you just forgot. Okay. Yeah. The only thing memorable about the, the trailer is that uh, Creed's higher. The plays of the backing song Which got a lot of people interested And then very disappointed that it was oh. Can you take me <laughs> Yeah, exactly And that like, wasn't
0: actually in the movie
1: Nope right. But it sort of set the tone Because the, the movie's soundtrack Is this glorious, like Turn of the Turn of the 2000s New metal
2: Like, it, fad it, collection it, 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 i was going to say it's a time capsule cuz you have like a little bit of like every single genre in there there's a bit of rap that you hear there's random reggae for some reason you've got yeah. new metal you've got like kind of some deep pop a lot of new metal a lot, a lot of, of new metal, metal. <laughs> a lot of
1: emotional male groaning
2: this oh, this is probably what started me on my path into new metal if i'm being honest here <laughs> <laughs>
0: The movie opens with a beautiful shot of a starry night And a voiceover that goes On the clearest of nights When the winds of the ethereum were calm and peaceful <laughs> no. The it great merchant the, sh- no?
1: It's the wrong one You're, oh, thinking, you're thinking of Treasure Planet again Oh damn <laughs> Yeah we get a voiceover by Oh a very sexy and charming sounding Ron Perlman Once in a great while Mankind
0: unlocks a secret so profound That our future Is altered forever
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't recognise him when he's actually sort of nuzzling your cinematic ear and whispering sweet nothings into... Kind of like mouthing the clown's nose on the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Those were some uncomfortable words. But then it turns out to be not stars, but water that that we're looking through. And we're treated to a small child. Uh, four five, I think he's supposed to be. It can't be. He says he's older than four, so
0: yeah, there you go. He has to be like, which puts him at twenty-ish at the rest of the movie. But yes, all right.
1: Introducing but- us to this movie's defining feature: nineties haircuts. Everybody has bangs. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> bouncy, bouncy bangs. Expensive to animate, uh, and also a wonderful. I mean, it's a good look
0: playing with some sort of water toy which he makes floating around. I suppose it's supposed to be water jets, but, like, the jets don't seem really strong enough to pull, that, push that thing up out of the water. It looks like a
1: top with a spire at the bottom. It actually yeah. looks, honestly, quite a bit like the, uh, uh, like the Titan.
0: Yeah, there's obvious similarities, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he built it together with his dad.
1: So, Greg, you were about this age when it... When it came out,
2: I was thinking about that. I was like, "Oh, right, I was about this." Oh, that's weird to think about (laughs) because I remember looking at this and thinking, "Like, wow, like this is like someone my age on screen for five seconds." Uh (laughs) As it turned out, like, did you have a moment
1: of hope, like, "Oh, it's going to be a kid's adventure," just like uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I learned so much about taxes.
2: <laughs> I remember more of my reaction to seeing Anakin than I do with, with this, because my memory of this is, it, like, it comes in waves of, like, hyper-lucidity, and I have no idea what was going on there. I was Whoa. probably distracted.
1: <laughs> okay, well, so that that's fair. But,
2: I saw through time for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, you travel through a wormhole,
0: so maybe that's, a, that's some relations yeah. there.
1: Yeah, well done, by the way.
0: So, yes, Earth is under attack by the dredge.
1: Yes, an alien species made up of blue energy and all these weird angular shapes. I
0: thought they were so cool. They were amazing.
1: Their ships move with such purpose and, and individuality. They're, they have, like, proper alien knees, which I always care about a lot. Like, non,
0: <laughs> You know oh, what I mean? We're going to get to the subject of alien knees later on. But... <laughs> <laughs> This isn't Star Trek. Everybody keeps their genitals in the same place in the right, universe. Right, damn, knees. Uh, but we'll, like I said, we'll get to that.
1: So uh, a young Kale, who is the hero of our film, is picked up by his heroic uh, Ron Perlman-voiced dad, who shrouds in mystery the announcement that, hey, the planet is under attack and we have to leave now. We're all evacuating.
0: Because apparently the dredge have, like... Issue with humans and are going to kill them and everybody else less than
1: that's apparently how, how fine we are. There is some alien representation in the form of Tech, a uh, a kindly uh, a gentleman who rides to the rescue along with Corso.
2: The kid, he's not all grown up yet.
1: Both of whom seem employees slash friends of uh, Sam Tucker, is Cale's dad, who who picked them up and drive first Kale off to his uh, escape craft, where dad tearfully, well, no, 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 no tears, because this is 2000s and he's men only groan their emotions.
0: <laughs> he's strong for his son. The boy's brave at first, but then when he's actually leaving, decides, no, it's not okay, I don't want you to go home. Yeah, that's really like a like heartbreaking that. moment. Yeah. Kale, I a move here. Take this. As long as you wear it, there's hope. I will see you again. I promise.
2: Okay. No! It's not okay! It's not okay!
1: Yeah, like that he can be brave for his dad until he's actually being taken away and. Yeah, that one actually got to me.
0: Well, then we learn why the dredge are so afraid of the humans, because they've hidden their ship in a nuclear silo, which is tactically hidden behind a barn, as humans are wont to do. So they've (laughs) caught onto that, and now they're like, yes, okay, you're hiding it underground, under a wheat field, Hidden by a, a barn, so therefore it must be a very dangerous weapon.
1: And the Dredge have a very dangerous weapon of their own, because oh, the yes. uh, the mothership appears, and there's this gorgeous, like throat singing music in the background. There's, oh, it's oh, it shivers up my spine. Okay,
0: this weapon kind of reminded me also a little bit. I think it was one of the Clone Wars when they have this like big thumper thing that uh, they use, but this is of course the energy version of that. Also, oh. slight Death Star connotations here. Big energy beam blowing up planet
1: and Independence Day a bit oh, of that because yeah. you have the, the the guiding targeting laser yeah. and then uh, and then it comes down yeah this fantastic looking mothership pierces the earth projects this uh, this energy weapon at it as the uh, escape craft are flying away these these weird sort of pulsing waves crash through the uh, the atmosphere encircling the earth until it just goes boom. It starts
2: spinning really fast for some reason yeah, and I noticed then that blows apart go it, it was just to me it, it always looked like it was just kind of making the core go nova or something it looked like the core was expanding outward like it right I've yeah been in love with this like whole sequence since I first saw like I remember seeing this and just like my jaw dropping and just like what just happened and yeah. then I was sad because like I wasn't sad that the earth blew up I was sad that the moon got damaged I was like but what oh. about the moon yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The moon was just minding its own business
0: the moon wasn't making
1: super weapons
0: no it got some chunks blown out of it I guess it's payback for uh, three and a half billion years ago when the moon hit the earth and now the <laughs> 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 yeah
1: oh this I mean let's get into this this holds up. This whole sequence looks oh. great. The chunks of the Earth impact some of the escape craft. Our, our, our heroes who are in a slightly faster ship outrun all of the other humans following the sort of doctrine of, you know, how to escape from a polar bear. a yeah. fat friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that really works if there's a million polar bears.
1: Well, well, depends how many... Th- <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I have several friends of more generous portliness than, uh, than I am, and they can certainly outrun me and outlive me. So, yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be polar bear feed. Titan AE, the title appears. It's a bold kind of title, because the AE, if you think about it, stands for After Earth, mm. which I don't know was ever explained in any of the promotional material. I
2: don't remember that. I, you're on your own there.
1: <laughs> right. Wait, what do you mean? I'm on my own in knowing that? What did you think AE stand for?
0: I mean, I knew it stood for After Earth, but I have no idea when I when I learned that it must be After Earth.
1: I think hey, I think they show a date at the very end, right? Yeah, they say thirty four sixty five or sixteen AD, and then sixteen. Yeah,
2: they say fifteen years later. Yeah,
1: that's actually very good that it goes from AD to AE, and then I guess to AB. But we'll. We'll get there. God. Hey, this wormhole of yours has some weird sort of time properties I'm noticing. Because, yeah, we skip 15 years and we meet Kale once again, who's got a cool space suit and he's standing on top of a derelict uh, spacecraft, sort of like Cal Kestis, sawing derelict spacecraft in half.
2: I appreciate the pandering there. Um, No, that
1: that one was for you. That was just for you to enjoy about the uh, uh, excellent uh, Jedi Fallen Order video Mm. game that we really enjoyed.
0: The music on that one is fantastic. Oh yes, because they got the Who to do that.
1: Yes, <laughs> and for those of you who aren't familiar, not that Who, the other Who. No, the, the Who, not the Who. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? That <laughs> would be the guy with the horse head fiddle, <laughs> which is particularly appropriate because Greg is also an avid cosplayer, uh-huh. and I've got to say, your Cal Kestis
2: is sublime. I'm, I'm very proud of that. That was heartbreaking to work so hard on that, and then oh, stuff no, happened. i not it to no, anybody no for two years.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and BD-1. The trusty little robot that uh, uh, that helps Calcastis on his adventures. You made an excellent replica of that.
2: Oh, wow. This little spindly bot. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, and, and then I decided to just go full on crazy, and that's my cat's name too. Cause... Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he perches on his shoulder. It's perfect. Oh. He does. Uh, you'll have to show me pictures sometime. I have not actually seen those. He's a void boy. He's uh. kind of the antithesis of uh, Her Majesty, your cat, mm-hmm. who is uh, sitting beside me having a bath, who is, uh, who is a lady and all white. And actually, ah. Transitional material. This, it, just in the way that Beattie is the antithesis of, of Her Majesty over here, Kale was kind of designed as the antithesis of the Disney princess. Mm-hmm. Because Don Bluth's like lifelong feud with with Disney or well no certainly not lifelong but during the uh, uh, during the run up to the Disney renaissance uh, don bluth an, an ex disney uh, animator yeah. himself was was a fierce rival with films like uh, oh, the secret of nim which is fantastic mm. so the idea was to uh, i guess do the opposite of a disney princess because he's male and instead of being someone who yearns for a better life he's actually hopeless Right? Right. He's yeah, he's
0: pretty much given up. We learned that pretty early on. Uh, we haven't won more Star Wars crossover because he's got like some sort of laser chainsaw or a lightsaber chainsaw. With
1: which he saws a spaceship in half, and that's his job.
0: Yep, he's a... Uh, what do you call it? A shipwright? No, that's when you make them. Uh, a, shipwra- shipwre-
1: uh, a shipwrecker. A shipwrecker. A, sh- a shipwrecker. No, if a shipwright makes a ship, then a shipwrong breaks it. Yes, yeah, cocky. yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he kicks the front half of the ship away. Like, it's kind of cool how you get a sense of... I mean, in zero gravity, yeah, you probably would be able to push.
0: Yeah, they do it very nicely. He puts his foot against it and he just kind of pushes off against it to uh, slowly start it drifting off where one of his colleagues can pick it up with a uh, little space scooter and uh, drag it off.
1: Yeah, asshole bully colleague who buzzes him and knocks him down whom he repays by firing off his, uh, his chainsaw laser. I think this
0: is a great scene because it at the same time shows our hero's relationship to the universe, mm-hmm. but also how humans are viewed in general in the yeah. universe. So it's, it's done really well. It's like he's clearly at the bottom of the pecking order, as are all humans. I came
1: at this with the open and honest heart of a child's eyes, but I discovered a rather cynical reading of this film as, a, as kind of a human supremacist manifesto. Oh, Yeah, so read this through the eyes of, of, of human supremacists. We start off with our hero among aliens, clearly showing that if, uh, uh, if aliens get their run, then humans are at the bottom of the pecking order. That there is only supremacy, that there is no collaboration or cohabitation, which is epitomized by the dredge who fear humans because of their potential and must yeah. therefore be destroyed. Because all of this is about the spacecraft that's capable Mm -hmm. of producing another Earth-like planet if it has sufficient energy. And this is what the dredge fear.
0: Which makes no sense, because if they're beings of pure energy, what do they care
1: about another planet being created? As we find out, it's like the, the, the new planet is created by consuming the energy of the dredge. But that's only because the batteries were depleted.
0: Like, apparently, in the original Titan should have been able to do it on its own.
1: So I think that this is essentially what the Dredge fear, right. that they have seen this uh, this program, and they see it as essentially a, a weapon of mass destruction. Right. No, right. I, and From the perspective of energy beings, anything that consumes that much energy is a threat to them. I don't know if it was designed to do that, but...
2: We don't know that it wasn't. Maybe the Dredge are just like stellar cartographers and they're just like, hey, we just worked really hard on this map and we have to redo it now because they you." like, come on, guys. Like, don't go redoing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if
1: you're going to add a planet, then we're going to have to erase one. So buy Earth. Okay, maybe that's it. They're aliens. You can't attribute
0: human uh, emotions and motivations to aliens. No, you can just commit genocide on them, which is
1: how this story resolves.
0: I don't think that all the Dredge were uh, dead. I mean, this was just that one ship. Or was that all the Dredge in the universe?
1: Do we know? No. Ooh, I don't think we know. Right? So, yeah, we, we sort of discussed beforehand how are we going to approach this from different angles, because the open and honest heart for child's eyes, that's Greg, who who saw it as a, as a six-year-old yes, and was forbidden fruit. And, and Kay and I saw it at a more, I guess, a more sort of appropriate age, when we were t- t- a little bit cynical enough, as everyone was encouraged to I, be around I was, 1990. Yeah, I was
0: going on 30 by the time that movie came out
1: in your heart though were you 30 <laughs> well no <laughs> have you by now have you ever crossed 30 in your heart really
0: oh well i don't certainly don't feel like it but. right I'm just like, oh, we're going to do something uh, dangerous. Uh, is there an adult around here? And then, like, oh wait, that's me. It's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to come at this with, yeah, I've actually got a kind of a c- cynical sort of. There's a, there's a dark reading of this, but I'm sure that that will all fade away behind the really cool animation because the lunch bell is uh, is rung. There's a there's a PA announcing lunch. For some reason, the PA announcement echoes. Mm-hmm. Cool yeah. in the vacuum of space, I guess. Mm. I mean, maybe it's just feedback over the, the comm channels. And all the employees uh, rush back to the, uh, the employee entrance where they have one hour for lunch, and they have to stand in line and clock in.
0: Oh, that's what they were doing. I was like, wondering why there's a bloody usher in front of the lunch line. It's like, oh, yes, you can come in. opens the laser gate, which someone could easily fly over. Next one comes in. Yeah. It's like, I suppose. Well, humans have to wait. Well, uh, of course, because Cale first tried to jump the queue. You but, know, he's- but the humans are in a se- separate line. Wait, are they? Yeah. The humans are in a separate line, and he says, humans wait. And yeah, everybody else gets let in first, and then, oh my so god.
2: I have seen this movie so many times, and this is the very first time that i realized those are humans that are sitting there laughing at him. Same. I always assumed they were other aliens. Like Same. For, I, I don't, for 20 years now, apparently, I thought they are just other aliens that were laughing at him, but... Uh... Just this second, Kay, I've realized this as well. Like, <laughs> Okay, well, that's clearly what's going
0: on.
1: Like, the humans are being discriminated against. <laughs> Guess you're stuck with us losers. <laughs> Their helmets are too shiny. That's the problem. That's why we think that, mm. that Kayla is the only human here. Damn it. Okay, fine. <laughs> so Kale decides, I'm not one of you losers. These bearded, turns out, humans are laughing at him. Now I understand the laughter a lot more because, mm-hmm. yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, same here. <laughs> huh. Well, yeah. and, and, and just, just as, as a fun little thing, the foreman clocking them in and out is is, is voiced by Jim Cummings. So that's Tondo. Oh, uh, or, or, oh. Pete and so many Disney characters throughout the years, uh, uh, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh, and I think he's like half the cast of Tigger recently, <laughs> or, or Winnie the Pooh awesome. stuff, like himself. <laughs> <I> <laughs> guess oh, Jim Carver
1: so- is f- Fantastic. Kale decides to uh, skip the queue entirely and fly around the other side of the uh, the space station that's apparently the center of this uh, 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 ship wronging facility, saying that you know the odds of a ship docking are, are incredibly small and a million to
0: one or a thousand to one,
1: and that would be the one. And he bumps of against course. the Valkyrie. The I Val- love Q- this right. ship.
0: Uh, Sees immediately our second uh, the second hero of the story.
1: Yep, Uh, a, a blossoming sort of spark of romance between them as he tries to casually brush the window. And Greg, now I understand why you said that you saw overlap between the crew of uh, the Valkyrie and the Ghost, which is the spaceship of uh, Star Wars Rebels, because this is very reminiscent of a scene between Ezra and uh, uh, Sabine.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a meat cute yeah. with, like, threats of violence, because those are some really big shutters that she's trying to close, like, on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, that could just like- remove a hand.
1: Like church doors And it just Like it snatches up The dishcloth That for some reason He had in his space pocket Out in space I
0: don't know In I, case you have to make Mop up some space oil Or uh, Wipe your forehead I yeah, guess Just and quickly Polish the outside Of your uh, Polish
1: your dome Yeah Okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean Well It's not that kind of movie <laughs> We see inside the ship Now that it's uh, Now that it's sealed We're introduced to some Of the rest of the crew We're locked down captain Alright Keep her hot including Corso, who is basically Han Solo. Well, he's a swashbuckler. He's got a cool jacket and, and a cool sort of chin beard. And, and uh, a
2: Hawaiian shirt?
1: Yes. With, <laughs> with sort of diamond pattern. I mean, I guess this is oh, his, like, yeah. shore leave shirt. He's not in the military anymore, so he can dress as you any way he likes. That's right, because he was the, uh, the sort of employee slash driver of Sam Tucker back in the Titan Project, who is here to retrieve... Kale, who is just having lunch, he's being... Kale, su- by the looks of it. He should be lucky. Oh, yes, I had it written down. It was a, a beetle sashimi. Now, how would that work? Sa- it wasn't actually sashimi.
0: It's a sashushi or something. It was like a combination between sashimi and sushi.
2: Ukrainian beetle
1: sashimi. That might have just been like a weird accent. Subtit- but, but or a
0: s- r- weird thing in the subtitles, maybe. Oh,
1: okay, interesting. Yeah, because these beetles are apparently these these sort of... Spherical, cool, bouncy, gelatinous balls. They look like, you
0: know, a, a little vir- model of a viral uh, cell or something which has been blown up until it's the size of a golf ball. It's got these little globular tentacles or uh, knobs on the outside and they kind of bounce a little
1: bit. Yeah. And they're still alive. Kale sits down with uh, uh, Tech, the uh, the other friend of, of his father's, who is now blind, played by Tone Loke, the rapper. Yeah. Okay. I... Would be lying if I said
0: I'd
2: heard of him. But
1: Same. I was hoping that somebody else would be cooler <laughs> than me and actually remember. Oh,
2: Tone Loke? No way. My knowledge of of who Tone Loke is in, is entirely because of Fern Gully. That is literally the only reason I know who Tone Loke is. Oh, he, wait. Who he was he? the salamander thing in ah. Fern Gully.
1: You know, if you'd said Bartok, you would have completely blown my mind, so I'm glad that wasn't, that I'm not that unobservant. <laughs> uh, yeah, he complains that he would just like some already dead food.
2: I'd just, I just like them to kill my food before they serve it to me. <laughs>
1: In the meantime,
0: we have Chekhov's gravity generator.
1: <laughs> I thought that was cool. Like This this rumbling sort of diesel machine up on the ceiling that craps out. Everybody starts floating. The cucaracha, uh, 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 chef de cuisine. The cucaracha, I like it. Catch up? Catch up. You don't need ketchup, please. Next. Hold on. Ugh, this is great. Those dirty humans. Catch up. Boy, some nerve. You nice head, human. Well, I mean that's kind of what he looks like and he, how no, the cook
0: uh ratchet.
1: Oh wow! Whoa! <laughs> My pun processing hindbrain like preceded me. I didn't quite realise. Yes, the the, 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 the cockroach uh, goes up and, and and fixes it. and yeah with all the all the food coming down he loses his appetite. But the the very sort of affable tech has no
2: such problems. He was eating while the gravity was out, too. He was still just like, oh, I'm gravity's oh, out, I don't care. I'm makes still, spaghetti a still... lot
0: easier if there's no gravity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot less risky. Cale decides to go for a
0: walk, gets set upon by two of his colleagues, apparently, who want to teach him a lesson for being uppity.
2: You pulled a nasty stunt back there. We don't like your attitude. You've been a little uppity. Uh, uh, is that so?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to work on that space bullies because yes this is what human supremacists think that uh, that aliens are like and that's why we need uh, a human ethnoplanet to save us from this uh, you know what I can't even do it I'm just I'm just giving up on this cynical reading right now because <laughs> this is just I mean it's a it's a rough workplace right yeah. with with contractors this is reality for a lot of people right but there does seem
0: to be a very specific picking on humans vibe going on at this point in the movie
1: I mean the word uppity has some right. connotations. Yeah. A fist fight ensues. He, uh, he doesn't really stand his own. I mean, they are two muscular alien gentlemen. Yeah, the
0: smallest one's about twice his size.
1: But Corso steps in with his trusty lasso. Manages to just, like, wrap and snack him. I know. This is, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wonder if the original script was supposed to be a, a, a whip. Uh, oh, sorry, a whip. That would have made more sense, but that's too much Indiana Jones. You know, I love Bill Pullman. He's great in this role. But if they just hired Harrison Ford like I think they probably wanted, Ooh. he could have just lampshaded it all.
0: He tries to talk Cale, Kale. Kale, yes, into joining him, but he's not having any of
2: it. So you're going to tell me you don't want something in return?
1: Yeah, he's mistrustful.
2: Like the Very idea of so. just
1: being helped. Like this is the opposite of an I want song that Disney princesses sing about how they're kind of unhappy with what they currently have. But his is don't want He's, he has a do not want song. You want something from me, and I'm not giving it to you. Because he is a. a, castaway, yeah. a you
0: know,
2: maybe, maybe that's just why they don't like him. He just plays his new metal too loud. <laughs> it is the only
1: way. Akima, back on the ship, played by Drew Barrymore, uh, lovely role. She informs Corso uh, discreetly that they have fallen in with a bad oh, crowd. Oh, very
0: discreetly. Yes. <laughs>
1: Not
2: alone. Are we in good company?
0: That's a negative, Captain. I think we've fallen in with a very bad crowd.
1: You can hear her winking over the radio, which is amazing. <laughs> Kale goes back to find Tech. Corso shows up. Tech and Corso know each other. Yeah, and much to Kale's surprise. He's just sort of left in the middle while uh, while these two old geezers are, are catching up. Corso asks, "Hey, do you still have your father's old ring?" Now, if he'd said no.
2: End of movie. It's one of those things. Yeah, I traded it last week for a, uh, for a sandwich. This is the start of uh, Kale being hand-handled. It's like manhandling, but it's just his hand. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes! Everybody likes holding hands with Kale. It's am pretty a very, proud of that
2: one. <laughs> I like it. As you lot. should be. hand
1: this is great. Yeah. After seizing the ring from him, he pulls out uh, t- t- some kind of, like... T- Watchmaker's tool activates some some lasers, which I thought would maybe carve Kale's finger into four or five slices where you- that's
0: would be a very poor way to design a ring
1: yeah because apparently as long as you have this there is hope says uh, uh, says dad when he's letting go of his his son and now that it's been activated apparently it makes his hand glow and show sort of like a compass
0: so either dad would already knew where he was going to hit the titan mm-hmm. or it had some way of like communicating it back to that ring
1: i think it's the former he already designed the treasure map leading to the the like, these, these are what if some you can't get there? Of, like, exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah, and You have to bury it somewhere else.
1: Yeah, he takes a wrong turn. He can't reach it. This plan is so bizarre. Also, why does it center around a five-year-old? Why do you entrust this to a five-year-old and not to literally Anybody, anyone yeah. else?
0: Yeah. I guess he was planning on coming back for it or he was actually was planning on not dying in the first place. He sure did leave an awful lot of messages predicated on, on... I mean, that's just good planning, you know? That's good project management to make sure that like, <laughs> if something happens to you, that like someone else can take over and has all the information that they need.
1: I mean, it is fair. Like Anyone with that ring uh, stands at... Ch- uh, nope, the ring is keyed to his DNA. It has to be on his finger, and yeah. only his handheld compass will display the way, and that is why the dredge show up.
0: Again, everybody just kind of lets them. Yeah. Nobody goes like,
1: Starts asking questions about why the dredge start shooting up the place. This is where we see them as sort of like bipeds walking in with their sort of multi-component legs, and they're glowing in blue, and they they move so
2: cool, like bony, skeletony, like like like. There, there's no yeah. musculature on it. I've like it's bizarre and fantastic. They yeah, look, they look a bit like the Tau from Warhammer 40k. I would say
0: they
1: look a bit robotic
0: almost, or yeah,
1: almost like these are like exosuits or is this their actual form their head is this sort of hollow tube that you can look inside and there's and there's blackness uh, in there so yeah. Yeah, they are pure energy apparently
0: solid energy in this case but is that a
1: construct is that them i have no idea how it
0: works i just know it's cool. The same happens with the, the ships. They, they're kind of permeable by, for humans, but only in that one spot. And they can sink into the floor. And sometimes they blow up when you shoot at them with a handgun, and sometimes they don't blow up when you shoot at them with a space gun. Right. It's, yeah, it's like very plot... Uh, Talk about plot armour, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very good one. Plot, Actual plot armour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, a firefight ensues. Corso saves the day. He uh, he blasts the table, kicks it over, and uh, takes cover behind it. Dredge weapons are not so impressed by tables and are here. So, heroes so have then, to-
2: why duck behind it? I if it's quite- going to go right there, it's like what you, that, uh, that's a point. That's that's really helpful cover there, Corso. Like what, I mean, good good planning. Good planning. It's still d- like denying them line of sight, so they don't know where your head
1: is. Yeah, and to be honest, no, that's, Corso's that's right. gun
0: also blows two of those dredge straight through a door. So.
1: Yeah, not that it seems to bother them very much. One of the dredge's arms is blown off, but we see it quickly reform.
0: Yes, this is where the uh, Chekhov's uh, gravity generator comes into play, because they shoot it to make everybody go floaty. Again, energy creatures also seem to be affected by gravity. What? I mean, they go floating off just like any. else. Yeah, does. right? And we go through a little merry chase through the ductwork of the uh, cafeteria. <laughs> yeah.
1: With our hero yapping along like, oh yeah, they'll never think of looking for us yes. in the vent. They abandon tech. Who, uh, who pushes Kayla away, like, I'll read about you later.
0: Yes, never to be seen again. We never hear from Tech again in the rest of the movie.
1: I was only contracted for two days' work, dude. So. Yes, and I've
0: been doing this for 15 years, so someone owes me a lot of back pay.
1: I was talking about Tone Locke. Oh. Like, this is, this is <laughs> the end of
0: my <laughs> contribution to this film. Yes, they uh, go through the uh, tunnels with the cucaracha. Uh, yeah.
2: Who, oh, God, that, who gets shot in a very cartoonish way? Right, and, it's just so weird. And, and then has this like funny little line of Bullseye. Oh, it's like, what you—that's you, what, what I mean. That was murder. Hi,
1: they were my right here. They came in my kitchen and Bullseye. Oh. With, <laughs> with his mouth, his mouth is left behind in a sort of Tex Avery wily coyote moment. Like this is the most important question that I have for Baby Greg. When you watch this, how did this read to you as a child? Do you have a a memory? Of I this? thought it was funny. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I thought I just, it was, it yep, was just a cartoon. Yep. It was
2: like, oh, ha, ha it's so funny. And I think at one point, I think of like my second or third viewing, because when you're a kid, you just watch it all, every, the same movie. Heck yeah. Back to back to back to back to back to just, again. I remember it clicked to me on one time. I was like, wait, he's dead. And I was like, ah, it's so, it's so funny. Like I, it occurred to me. And I was like, nope, I'm so, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: because,
2: it, because it's coded cartoon. It's played for yeah. a laugh. Yeah.
1: I mean, the fact that he speaks, hey, maybe his species can survive being slimed. Like that, and Suppose. reconstitute. Yeah. Uh, in Hot Pursuit, the, the dredge find the vents while Corso and Kale are, are running from them. They take cover behind some barrels, one of which says, amiable. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very amiable barrel. But instead of making a gag out of it, Corso notices it, kicks it toward the dredge. Shoots and it,
0: boom. Yep.
1: Which causes them to,
0: like, disintegrate. Because they can regrow arms, but, like, flames and flame explosions are apparently deadly to them.
1: Plot armor, so, man. Yeah. They find themselves a cool vehicle which doesn't quite work, but uh, Kale has an, has an idea and quickly fixes it, hanging on to the exterior. What kind of vehicle do you think that is? Like, Ooh. is it a loader or like a little... little shuttle? It has two
0: engine pods. It's got two engine pods, but it's also got tracks on the front, or at least what looks like tracks.
1: Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Uh,
0: I think it's a tug. A tug, right? Yeah, yeah
1: that's what I am thinking.
0: Because it's got huge engines and not much else, so I think it's just a little docking tug to help nudge ships into port. It's a
1: bit of an unwieldy uh, uh, craft, but Corso is apparently quite a good pilot. Flies this through the interior of the shipwrong station, smashes through glass domes that apparently don't seal in any atmosphere It's all, fine. Continues to be fired upon by the Edge. Kale gets hit a few times, sustains minor injuries before he can get himself into the cockpit. Where he bandages his own ta- arm like a tough guy with the bandage between his teeth. To It's kind of a cool look. Oh, yeah, did we mention that he's wearing a tank top? It's oh. so 90s. <laughs> it, he's got a cool tattoo, by the way. Sort of yes, like, I noticed that. It's like a sword, and, but sword what's and the and background? Did any of you guys get a good look at that? And I thought it was a like a ship's wheel. I thought compass at first. Hmm. Yeah. But it's got these spokes on the outside, so I, I still don't know.
2: It reminds me a little of the Star Trek Mirror Universe. Oh like, yes, dagger yes. through Earth type. Like it, it, remind, it It gives me like that same kind of like vibe. So there's like it's a sword or a dagger, and then like a
0: planet with a sine wave through it, or something like that. It's,
1: yeah, it's wavy, so maybe it's not a ship's wheel. Yeah,
0: don't no, know. it doesn't seem to have like more than two spokes, so that would also make it unlikely to be a ship's wheel. Well, uh, the ship
2: they're in doesn't seem to have uh, an eject in it either because they lose the engines <laughs> and they, they're barreling down a, a long causeway thing. The launch tube, causeway.
1: So what? How do, how do you read this? Okay, so they, they smash through these doors that, that are too narrow, lose both their engine pods. Lose is generous, by the way. Yeah. Screech to the end of this uh, this causeway, about to crash. Corso asks, does this model have an eject? And Kale sort of doesn't say anything. Was Kale messing with him? Eject. And where's the eject? Kale, Kale.
0: Yes, I'd right. say that the pod that they go shooting off, which is clearly the cockpit, and I think it's one of those ejection mechanisms where the entire cockpit just gets thrown out. Yeah. Because that makes, that makes sense. I, I mean, mean, in they, space, that's how you want to do it, yeah, right? Yeah, they use that in a few high-velocity, high-altitude aircraft as well, where they just basically throw the entire cockpit
2: out. Whoa. Yeah, so so, so looking looking through this again, there is, like... It's there for maybe two frames, where it does look like it pops up. Yeah, like it's not attaching.
1: Um, so Kale was just messing with him and letting him think that they were going to die until he flips the eject switch at the last second.
2: Or he didn't know, and the the ship just was smart enough to do it, which is, is unlikely.
1: But even though they're thrown clear of the explosion, the uh, uh, the canopy has still taken some damage. It shows some cracks. And we have a hard vacuum transfer. I am so excited whenever these happen. I'm just sitting there on tenter hooks. Now get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Because yeah.
0: Exhale and. Yes, e-
1: that's right. Exhale. You gotta be kidding. Exhale. Oh,
0: no. No, no. Kicks the windshield out in like proper uh, escape
1: from a car in the water style. Corso holds kale in one arm and a, a fire extinguisher in the other and mm. blasts his way toward the uh, the waiting docking bay of the Valkyrie wow
2: Every angle the ship is shown from, I just love. This is still just one of my favorite ship designs, and I feel like I can't, like, mention it ever without, like, let me sit you down and, like, talk to you about Titan A and rant obsessively for a while, just to understand this ship. <laughs> yeah, because it's she's long, and she's got her engines way at the back. So she's got, a
1: like, a strange center of gravity, but she, like, she moves like she's supposed to. She's constantly, like, skating and turning, she's, and then those engines, like,
0: And those beautiful. little fold-out canards that she has.
1: Oh, do they fold out? Yeah, you can see them when they're
0: docking. They they, they pull <laughs> them in, so they're uh, what are retractable. They for? Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe they're like thruster pods. You would you'd want those to have be them as far away from the center of gravity as you'd like to get maximum effect out of them. Oh, so that makes sense.
1: Look at you, Mister Kerbal Space Program. Told me everything I know <laughs> about <laughs> orbital mechanics. <laughs> Safely inside, they're knocked against the the wall. The uh, the Valkyrie blasts off, showing a showing a really cool sort of F- hyperspace. FTL, yeah, like whatever. These sparks flying in toward the engine, then the engine flies off. Like who knows?
0: I noticed that there's nothing in this movie about FTL. I mean, it just is. They don't say anything. They said never. Nobody ever says let's go to FTL or no, jump to FTL there's or no hyper. Nothing. There's they, no, no jumping. It's exactly. just it's go. It's just completely
1: left in the middle. Of what is going on or how it even works? I kind of like that. Yeah, because it's not important. Uh, the Not- only thing that we get is distances. By the time that uh, uh, Kale wakes up, they are three million keks away from Tau Station, which mm. is the shipwronging uh, facility, and then they're thirteen thousand keks away from uh, their next destination. Yeah,
0: And this is, th- I think, your favorite scene in the whole movie, isn't it, Kaki? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's uh, let's slow it let's slow it way down. <laughs> I mean, I was 19 when this movie came out, and uh, just blossoming into the gay young man that I was at the time, comfortable in my sexuality, and then Kale wakes up. Why am I naked? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not unusual to be naked when you're on a
0: doctor's table,
1: but... I mean, if this was my fan fiction, I could answer that question for you, Cale. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he blinks up, and Akima is there, the uh, the sort of Asian presenting face of the character voiced by uh, Drew Barrymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he's like, oh, well, uh, is this an angel? It's like, wake angel is like, Come aboard. Uh. He's in the sick bay of the Valkyrie where he's lifted up by some kind of laser grid field that flips him around. The towel falls off. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> the first but unnecessary nudity and it's a dude. Fortunately,
0: Akima is strategically placed so you don't even get a glimpse of his buttocks.
2: Yeah, you,
1: yeah, you do. You slow it way down, as I may have done <laughs> several times. Uh, you get it. No, I mean it, he's a he's a good-looking young man. Oh, it's course. a it's a cool scene. I like that everyone there is is sort of comfortable with it. Obviously, it's a, a, an uncomfortable position for Kale to be in, but he is undergoing medical treatment. His his arm is being repaired by Kima, and presumably, like he's also had some treatment for vacuum exposure. Yeah.
0: The uh, Arkinian crew member is uh, meanwhile. Uh,
1: I'm an in Akranian.
0: Insinuating himself in the conversation.
1: Hello. Yeah, Preed, who. Played by Nathan Lane, in the way that, that Kale is like an anti Disney princess, Preed is anti Timon. He's extremely well spoken. He's, he's quite flirtatious. Akiba,
2: my pet.
0: If the boy isn't at death's door, Corso wants Goon to check the map so we can set a course. Do you mind? Are we through pawing? This is the Valkyrie, not a
1: singles bar.
0: For someone who says, like, this is a a starship, not a singles bar, he's the one who is, like, constantly making innuendo and other sexual remarks. If we're done pawing, Kale gets hand-handled again. Mm. Speaking of paws... We have a a magical rotating towel. (laughs) (laughs) she, She drapes the towel over him. And then when, he, when he's rotated around by the force field, the towel just kind of stays in the same place with actu- without actually rotating with him, as you would expect.
1: You know, in certain circumstances, I can get up and the towel also stays in the same place. So, <laughs> you know, I guess he's, uh, he's got a, Maybe a he's certain just... response to being close to this, you, you uh, this be, young woman.
0: I mean, that would increase the rotation potential. <laughs> It's not what the, the kids
1: are calling it these days. I mean, that
0: would, kind of like, be, that would be like kind of like a cog sticking out there and helping. To, <laughs>
2: I said a cog. <laughs> it doesn't
1: help. Kay, you're so good at this. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Now, I th- your theory comes into play when he finally gets thrown onto the ground, and the towel again mysteriously maintains its position before he manages to wrap it around yeah. his waist. So, th- I think I'm,
1: we're not too far from the truth here. Hey, you've got Kerbal Space Program; I've got certain other resources that taught me about physics. <laughs> 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 Oof. Okay, so now that we're done pawing, as uh, as Preed recommends, Preed looks cool. By the way, he looks like a a proper Don Bluth creature right he's yes sort of, totally a little he's bit
2: of kind of talk dinosaurish with the the uh horn on the tip of I his think nose he's like more bat-like both yeah. right and he's got the extended muzzle like wily
1: e. coyote yeah and
0: right he's, and he's got these little gills under his arms or whatever it is a little winglets uh, oh yes
1: yeah <laughs> he's got webbing under his uh, mm. under his arms he's very skinny he's wearing cool boots Envious of those boots. Lovely physicality to him. They go out into the hallway and they meet Janine Garofalo. No,
2: no, 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 Cannot talk. We lost targeting on one of our aft gun turrets.
0: I was going to promise you that we were going to come back to the subject of knees. Yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) She is a well-endowed lady when it comes to... Legs. ...knees. (laughs) Like, sort of a, a, a kangaroo... Drawn from memory by someone who's never really paid attention to kangaroos, I think. Yes, <laughs> they've got big legs. So, I mean, they're
0: digitigrade and then like got an extra set of knees, and they kind of like just bend around. It's like they've yeah. got two sets of forward bending and then one set of back bending knees. And she walks on her toes. Like,
1: what are they all for? I mean, I want to see her thigh master. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did explore the sort of fan art of this film, of which there is. There's quite a lot and, it, and it goes so, some yes. goes some places. So uh oh no. I mean Kay, if that's something you want, I can hook you up. I know some websites <laughs> I know formerly password protected tumblers that can get you what you Dang. need. she is the uh, the sort of weapons expert and mechanic, although she complains. I'm Educated, I'm well read, I'm not a mechanic. Throwing her uh, her tools around, she's grumpy. Janine Garofalo, fantastic. She is very grumpy, yes. And on to uh, uh, the next alien, the last member of the crew that we haven't been introduced to yet. John Leguizamo plays Groon. The Goon.
2: Goon. Goon.
1: Does this look familiar? Do you know what it is? Neither do I. Uh, I made it last night in my sleep. Apparently, I used Kindrogak. Highly unstable Oh and he's fantastic He's kind of like A turtle Yoda Type character I suppose Oh yeah His eyes are sort of Like bike headlights Yeah that's due to His glasses And the shape of his head As well He's got these glasses On the front and there And these sort of pods on the side of his little head he's got a he's got a brown sort of lab coat he's been trying to get the map working again which Kale wanders over and just casually fixes yeah, much to goons delight pushes a few buttons then he gets hand handled again and ooh, hand licked as well <laughs> yeah a little bit
0: of uh, le- leftover lunch is mistaken for a star system but fortunately that doesn't let them get t- too distracted or for- too far off course
2: yes this is black though. and this 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 is Solbrecht and this and this and this what is this
1: that's uh that's lunch
2: oh it's lunch
1: Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh.
2: spaghetti derivative
1: meatballs sort of anyway and dog droppings who waited before you did Corso walks in, who has uh, exchanged his space Hawaiian
2: shirt for a cool athletic T-shirt. I really like this shirt. It's, I hate to say, it. I'm, I'm looking at this and it's like, oh no, no, I like this too much. No apologies. <laughs> it's a great T-shirt with a with a white stripe along it's, the shoulder. It's shoulders.
0: A bit like a baseball shirt, isn't it?
1: Oh, is it? Those
2: are a shirts, aren't they? I was hoping that our American friend would be able to uh, like enlighten us aren't, on the subject of sportswear. <laughs> aren't baseball shirts like the the three quarter like sleeve stuff? Oh, maybe. Oh. And these are fairly short sleeves. The most I know
1: about baseball is from that one episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine with the (laughs) Vulcan baseball team.
0: (laughs) Come on, have you never seen uh, The Sandlot?
2: The what? Ah, oh, never mind. The-, the sand... Yeah, I got you. I was about to say, like, most of my knowledge of baseball is because of, like, the sand law and Angels in the Outfield and Field of Dreams and all the, like, 90s baseball movies that I watched a lot. <sighs> Oh guys, that's that's why I know. That's why I know baseball at all is because of movies. <laughs> no, but
1: this is this is great. Hey, now you have something to sort of gang up on me with. You have something We're, for you to get.
0: We can make up stupid baseball facts for you and confuse you even more. <laughs> yes, let's go, don't do See, that. See, when
1: we started this, I was worried that I'd be like a parent of a blended family introducing two stepbrothers to each other. Like, hey, I really need you to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Course is set for the
0: broken moon of Sacherim. Sacherim, that was the name. Yes. <laughs>
2: And meanwhile, uh, I really like it. It's a laugh of appreciation. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing in appreciation of you. Yeah, let's go with that. I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) While they're in hyperspace, Cole and Kale are sharing a green drink. It's always green, isn't it? Yeah, space drinks are green.
1: They have their uh, their legs up on the table in front of a window that is facing aft, which I thought was cool. Like you see the stars vanishing behind them. Yeah, you don't see that very often. There's kind of a cynical moment where uh, uh, Kale uh, is you know, roused once again by your inspiring speech.
2: Well, if I don't like the way things are going, I'll show you how much like my father I really am.
1: I'll leave. They arrive at the broken moon of Seshirim and you know, for a second, I thought, wait, is this Earth? Oh, that... I can see that. The moon sort of looks like Earth's moon. It has a big old crack in it. But it's not the broken moon that we're going to. We're going to Seshireen. Okay, so I'm going to have to step in here a little bit. Because
0: a broken moon like that does not work, would not work for real. All right. Because the whole concept of a moon is like, if it's big enough to be a moon, then it's big enough to collapse under its own gravity. So it would never have like a big crack running all the way to its center. That's like not possible for planets.
1: Really, you can have heavenly bodies made out of out of anything, out of iron. I yeah. guess iron's pliant. Yes. What if it's a, ooh, say carbon crystal, a diamond moon?
0: Yeah, still the same thing. You have gravitational forces. It like that. That's the whole point. That's why planets are round. They collapse in on it themselves. Oh, it's gravity right. that pulls yeah. them into a round okay, shape. So okay, it would okay. never okay. have a big crack running through it like but, that.
2: Well, maybe it's a maybe it's a recent excavation.
0: Even if that's the size of, like, Phobos
2: or Deimos, it would still be a ginormous crack. I'm just going kind to of agree with, with Kay here because I did not do very well in physics. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds all right. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs>
1: Kay, we have an arbiter. This is great. You can be the the, the j- judge or whatever they have in, you know, the bowl judge from baseball. What are they called? <laughs> the
2: Emperors. Umpire. No, there's an... Oh, there's the one. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired. You're getting confused with other things, cocky that took pair. me way too long to
1: come
0: up with that. <laughs> yeah. You're the,
2: you're the balls men
1: here. Speaking of bowls, <laughs> we arrive. Yeah. We do segues on this podcast.
2: Speaking of. Wow, I feel called out here. Yeah, we, we, we No, are, your segues right. are great. All right. Yes. The broken. Giant hydrogen so- balls. Yes. Um, hydrogen trees. This yeah. has to smell awful. <laughs> yeah, why? That's my question. Yeah, hydrogen doesn't smell; it's
1: odorless.
0: They have to land on the reef, even though that's not the place where they want to go. They want to go to some sort of like archway that's just coming out of the water in the middle of the hydrogen trees. They somehow have a boat. Yep, which we later learn can also fly. So why the fuck they? Well, never mind that.
1: All of this <laughs> plot uh, armor. <laughs> Goon and Preed are left behind to uh, to guard the ship while they sail through. It looks really cool. These sort of veiny, vine-encrusted bubbles that are apparently filled with hydrogen and therefore extremely dangerous. It is just gorgeous, this whole sequence. They arrive on this island with these spires, which they somehow know is where they need to go. Oh, it's the compass, right? The right.
0: I think so. The compass is leading them there. And the moment they get there and they're wondering what happened to the uh, the ghoul? No, what they, what are they called again? Uh, the gowl, The, gaul. the gaul, That's the one, So yeah.
1: G-A-U-O-L. o l gaol. Which is sort of like jail, I guess.
0: Yes. Isn't that an actual word for jail?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Or at least that was the original spelling.
0: Right. And it turns out, like, lots of bat-type aliens start showing up. Yeah. Flapping around. And I'm going like, oh, yeah, this is the cool part where they, like, wrap their uh, wings around them and uh, they dissolve into a jelly and bones. But then I remember that's from Beastmaster. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? dissolve into you've got uh, have, you never, have you never not seen beastmaster apparently not okay so it's like a, a another movie with a, a hunk with his shirt off all the time and he's got okay, some animal yeah. companions and at one point he, he comes to a bunch of creatures which are bat-like creatures as well and he manages to talk them out of it because he's got this symbol which apparently identifies him as the beastmaster and later they got someone to come help them in the big fight and the way these creatures fight is they basically walk up to someone they wrap their wings around them Whoa. then there's like a little bit of shaking and a little bit of noise, wet noises and when they open their wings again you see this big puddle of slime and bones come falling
1: out and that's you know, how they I think I may have seen that on one of those password protected tumblers that I was exploring <laughs> <laughs> So initially, a Corso has everybody leveled their weapons at them because they, they think that these creatures are responsible for the extermination of the planet, which they find oddly uh, empty, despite having only explored one square kilometer. But that's apparently all you need. That's in, what you have in planets. I mean, on Farscape, that happens as well. Like, they they want to search a planet, they go <laughs> check one bar. Yes. <laughs> no, no, he's not here. Not Let's here. No, uh, <laughs> a Sebastian, uh, a Luxon, and another, another Sebastian. But yeah. it's Akima who goes, wait, hold on. No, don't shoot. What if these are the ses- the ses- the, sash- the sashimis? Yes, and they're so cool. The gals you mean? Uh, they land and they stand tall. Their their wings sort of folded over like uh, like cloaks. They surround our heroes in in sort of ominous but uh, but dignified stature. And one of them comes forward like a high priest, a leader. Yeah, they have a cool headpiece and, uh, and and a sort of a collar. And this person walks up to uh, to Kale. Uh, Hand handles him a little bit, sees that... Yeah,
0: there's a little bit of confusion before Kale catches on that he's just, uh, expected to hold his hand up in the same way that uh, this uh, dude's doing.
1: Yeah, because they, they sort of reach up to the sky and hold their hand up, and like, ah, oh, beautiful pose, and he goes, oh...
0: Cool. Oh, the map lights up, and the now it moon? points. Now it points to the Crab Nebula, or whatever
1: the something or the other nebula.
2: Oh, Greg, did you catch it? The Andali Nebula. Andali oh. Nebula. Ooh. See, Greg is really good at the notes. Uh, he really pays attention to this this stuff. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, or a... I copy and paste things. <laughs> it could be that too. Uh, Never let him see no. the, see no. you sweat. Uh, <laughs> Kale has a little moment there when
0: he realizes that. Oh, my father must have been standing there. Why? Yeah. Because right. well, that's how the map works, apparently.
1: No, I I know, but like, why why well, why go here, which is not where the thing is? Well, to,
0: that's how maps work. Like maps, you start where not the thing is, and then you give them a route instructions <laughs> to where the thing is. You misunderstand. You misunderstand.
1: Why would I have a map that that sends you to Australia so that you can read the map that leads you to Angkor Wat or wherever you're oh, going? Oh, oh, I see what you mean.
2: If the dredger willing to. Commit genocide and destroy a planet for this? Like they're gonna willing to do just about anything. So I think it's just trying to obfuscate as much as possible by endangering another planet. Well, yes. So you're you're, yeah. So I'm trying to
1: hide my super weapon, my genocidal super weapon, from planet destroying aliens. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my allies and I'm going to endanger their planet by including them. for no reason in my treasure hunt
2: i'm basically just sitting here just like picking up reese's pieces of like your cynicism of like your human first cynicism here because everyone's sounds like oh yeah no that's a good that's a good point yeah i will i mean
0: i can imagine that it works because at this point with the ring being genetically coded to kale means that you'd have to have control over him for a prolonged period and you can't just like get one reading of it and then uh, have all the information you need
1: Oh so it's like
0: more like multi-factor authentication. Like you can't just like
1: Yeah, you have to you have to keep him alive right. for the
2: entire journey. Well hey, hey, well I was I was about to ask, what if they just cut off his hand? Would that still work? maybe. I don't know. It didn't occur to them. But <laughs> maybe they think he's like the the cucaracha and it'll just
1: you know Grow, regrow, yes. He'll just be he'll just be sassy as a as a pile of goo. But yet the dredge have now shown up. Unexpectedly, but the Gaul, the gallant Gaul, immediately rush into action to save our heroes.
0: Yes. And instead of flying them straight back to the ship,
1: no, they fly them to the boat. I mean,. Considering how heroic these gaol are, are, are being, like, I assume that they have a decent idea what to do. Because first, they, they, like, they snatch our heroes up in their hind claws mm-hmm. and fly in beautiful formations. Then they start flying low through the, uh, the hydrogen trees, cutting them loose, which float up and crash into some of these ships, taking them out. Like, I think their first priority is to keep our heroes safe and take out as many of these, these mm. craft as they can. It is a fantastic sequence.
0: It is lots of blowing upy things, close calls, people actually standing on ships, getting like picked up again. Kay, you're great at describing sex scenes with <laughs> <laughs> interesting terminology. Okay. I was just a little bit under. I mean, I would really? say it, it, it looked good, but I'm just sitting there like watching it going like, okay, yeah, we we need a little bit more excitement. And I had the same kind of like cynical attitude with the whole, oh, yeah, f- first we're going to like bring them to the uh, boat because then we can have a cool flying scene between the uh, uh, hydrogen trees. And then they're at the boat, so then we can have another cool scene with them going through the hydrogen trees on the boat. Yeah. And okay. it, it, it felt a little bit like, okay, we have to milk this for a while.
1: <sighs> I mean, it, that's sort of the flip side of... Uh, adventure, I know, right? I mean, I get it. I'm not invalidating this this perspective, but with these adventure films, doesn't the whole plot exist to justify set pieces like this? I suppose, but right? I just kind of felt it like
0: much more in the, at this moment.
2: Greg em- em- Empire, i <laughs> Ball Judge. I, i mean like, like this i mean th- this this whole sequence to me is i mean it's hard for, i can't be impartial here because like i just remember this sequence so so well from like when i was a kid and it was like okay like yes like it is going on too long and it's kind of convoluted and just like one cool thing to one cool thing to one cool thing but at the same time it's like but like all the cool things. it's <laughs> all really cool yeah. right <laughs> they introduce like okay they have tractor beam stuff and they can like and organic matter phases through so they're like kind of setting stuff up a little bit yeah but I, yeah oh, that and, was, and that was true and, and i just absolutely love just the visual of just the the dread ship flying under the water and then yes. like coming and picking it like i i love that i love that so much
1: <laughs> so many gowl give their lives to to protect our heroes yeah They get shot out of the air Akima falls down Two of them swoop down One of them Just to push her out of the way From one of the uh, One of these hydrogen bubbles Which they themselves Fall onto and die So that the next one Can catch them Like They're like bovins. <laughs> Many gaul died To bring us these Weirdos
2: I just want to know like why they're so willing to because it's I mean it's beyond just like helping them get out of there it's like they're going out of their ways in, in at times like I kind of don't yeah I mean yeah, I, I was to be the same thing
0: ancient race and who knows what the motivations of ancient races are maybe they just like have an old grudge with the dredge huh? maybe, yeah. maybe the dredge broke their moon
1: good point <laughs> they're all incredibly helpful and never thanked never for a moment does anyone sort of reflect on on how many Gaol perished to save them absolutely doesn't occur to them
0: because meanwhile, at the
1: Valkyrie, our
0: little uh, Yoda character is uh, completely <laughs> distracted by uh, his own invention. And the Arcanian...
1: Uh, I'm an
0: ...is basically taking, in this very hydrogen, flammable environment, is taking potshots at a grasshopper. Yeah, who eludes
1: him, even taunting him, so he brings out a mounted cannon? No, that was out there at the beginning already. He was, like, standing guard there. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay, so it wasn't just a, a, an escalation no, of force. No, he course. just
0: starts to, just like, use his defence point defense cannon to you just shoot at the local wildlife ah. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> quick little devil but despite everyone's eh i won't say best efforts but <laughs> efforts efforts are being made certainly akima and kale are captured they're snatched up by one of these craft, leaving the crew of the valkyrie to uh, uh, to lick their wounds uh, and go in pursuit, and they can uh, they can follow a tracker that apparently Akima has. Mm. Uh, that's going to be their only clue.
0: Yes, we get to see the inside of the Skeksis palace. Oh, sorry, the Dredge Palace. Oh wow! Palace.
1: <laughs> yes, you're right. It it does sort of feel like the uh, oh whatever the castle is in uh, in the Dark Crystal, but. Everything's sort of wibbly wibbly wobbly wibbly wibbly and and because it's all made out of energy, man. So mm. all the surfaces sort of look like a Windows ninety five screensaver. Akima gets put in a pod and ejected because we don't need her. They're brought before the hive queen. The ship lands on a landing platform and then sinks into the platform, and all that remains is that the, was so the passengers. Cool. Yes. So was the ship on autopilot? Is it just being dissolved? What is what I mean, is this we stuff? We
0: don't know. I mean, it could be that, like, if they are energy beings and they can, like, maybe manifest in different forms and one of them is a ship, it's kind of like the Cylons, you know? You can you can have the, the walking models and you have the ship models. And,
2: Ooh, star. Except these guys
0: can uh, translate,
2: uh, transition. The fact that you have some parts where it doesn't look like it has, like, the energy effect on it. So I mean, it looks like it is just, like, a physical thing yeah. on there. And then you have some parts where it is, like... Like the the cell that they're the, the cell that, that that kale gets put in, like that doesn't look it has any form like it is just pure energy it is this weird like in between of like construct and the energy yeah i i don't understand i want to know more they are beings of pure energy
1: we cannot comprehend them they, uh energy with which they can uh, they can do a lot so yeah, yeah. they jettison uh, uh, akima and they snatch kale up in this force field drag him over to this electrical field generator they zap him it, like it's stunning. You have no idea what's happening until they fire a laser through his hand once again, getting hand handled, and he's like the the crystal in the medallion in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah,
0: it shines right through and projects. Where take st- back one cadm for the human child, and it shows them exactly what it showed Kale earlier down below on the planet with that they have to go to the nebula.
2: Which I, that's not how like celestial bodies work. Per se- like, unless they're, like, the exact same... It also has to be positions. at
0: the exact, exact right time of day, because otherwise the right yeah. piece of the sky wouldn't be in that spot.
2: Assuming it rotates?
1: Most planets do. Hey, Kernel hey. Space Program is a, <laughs> <it's> a valuable <laughs> educational resource. But yeah, in the same way that, like, the constellations that we know on our planet would not necessarily look the same mm. on a planet on the other side of the galaxy. Although some would. There are constellations that are only galaxies...
0: They're so far away that they would more, still look more or less the same. Yes. From anywhere in our galaxy. So after he gets his hand red, his palm red, I suppose, <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> he uh, gets dropped in jail and we go to the trade ship
1: Boros. He has a... Sorry, two huh? things. It's Soros. Soros? Oh, OK. And he has a, an absolute conniption because he's been imprisoned, hand-handled, electrocuted. He's been separated from the girl he's interested in. And he has a full-on, like... Kevin Bacon
2: footloose moment <laughs> smacking himself around expressing himself through dance. See, I have a slightly different take on this because like the whole time you have this like kind of awful like scratching noise and it oh, yeah. it sounds and he's covering his ears. It sounds like it it could just be like like to me because like the sound of styrofoam just destroys me from the inside that's my oh, wow. that is my kryptonite it, it, he could just be just not happy with the noises they're making just like trying to block it out that that maybe that's why he's going insane okay.
1: yeah no you're right he probably doesn't have the emotional range to actually care about Akima i mean he's only 19 or 20 at this point so but if he listens to that much new metal shouldn't this be like his jam <laughs> <laughs> that sort of electrical hum is kind of a part of well it was a thought. A thought was had. Yes, the Soros, which is some kind of like a trading ship. Yes, not it's like here? a commerce planet or something. Oh, yes, the, the, very good.
0: Akima's pod has been apparently picked up with the rest of the trash and is being pawed over by various people trying to lay claim to it, while the rest of the crew of the Valkyrie is trying to uh, find her and uh, talk their way in and rescue her.
1: Yeah, they're going in undercover. Corso is sort of dressed like a decrepit monk. Stith. She of the many knees. She of the many knees. <laughs> Preed has what looks like a legionnaire's hat. I was going to
0: say foreign legion or right? something. That's uh, here.
1: It's a it's a sort of squarish cap with a kerchief hanging down the back. It's a great look. And they walk up to this guard, where Preed says that he's looking for a, a new slave because uh, this one is all used up. And he kicks Corso, uh, and he doesn't want to wait for the auction because he's having his ear shaved, which has to be booked months in advance. You understand.
0: The guard, however, sees cleared through him.
1: You're lying. Ooh. He's not a slave and you're not traitors. He doesn't carry himself I, like a uh, slave. Look at the way he stands. How, uh, probably ex-military. Ukrainian traders always threaten before they ask a favourites tradition. <laughs> and your robes are made out of bedsprings. Uh-huh. An intelligent guard. Like, he, just <laughs> relentlessly intelligent. That's a surprise. Unfortunately,
0: not very much resilient to getting beat up by the crew. So, yes, they go to plan B. Mm. Just out of curiosity... Did we have a plan B? Which is just beat up the guard. This is just any role-playing Can- game. Can- just-
1: as soon as one of them fails, <laughs> they the check.
0: The, uh, the rogue fails his bluff check, and they go to plan B,
2: which is like beat up the guard. I, as the usual rogue in my party, I feel called out here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, back on the dread ship, apparently Kale has uh, uh, has sort of relaxed a little bit, but because he is a clever engineer boy, he realizes something peculiar about the hard energy, and he does the the sort of, I mean, okay, Hansje Brinker, that's the the name of the little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike, a story that I never heard until I met Americans because it's an American book. It just happens to be about a Dutch boy. It is not a Dutch story, but yeah, he starts fingering this uh, this energy which which sparks him off but there's an unusual effect when
2: he touches two fingers he's pinching to zoom out of prison
1: yes
0: i mean what oh, i think is good, like yeah. we have an energy field so <laughs> there's different stopped. there's different potential at different places so if he grounds them at those two places and he can then bring them together he creates a weakness in the energy field and he can like pull it open Right That's perfect.
1: That's perfect. That's exactly it. That's what he does. And then he gives it a two-fingered shocker and penetrates the. <laughs> what? Yes. This no. is all the sparkles. So you know, you get you know when you when you finger something with two fingers, you get different effects sometimes. I'm, I'm
2: sure you do. I well, mean, well, what happens when you put your whole hand through it? Ah, well. <laughs> at first,
1: there is some resistance, but a second application with more determination. And and he succeeds in... uh, Allows for a dilation of the field uh, (laughs) big enough for him to crawl through. Plunges himself through in a manner that I also recognize from those password-protected Tumblr sites that I will not show to you, Greg. You're too young. (laughs) Uh, And he tugs his leg through just in time to throw himself to the floor out of view of the passing dredge soldiers. And he's out! Similarly, Akima... Is uh, uh, revealed to be uh, to be out. Corso finds the cell where she's being kept, surrounded by a, a pile of sleeping uh, people huddled together. But she is king of the castle. She seems to have beat them all up. Yeah, this was kind of cool. Well, if it isn't the captain, what captain? Like. She knows how to handle herself. She's a oh yeah, she's a colony kid. Uh, a, a bit of plot that we haven't mentioned at all. Yes. So there are drifter colonies of of humans, communities of uh, apparently welded together refugee ships, and that's one of those places where uh, where Akima grew up.
0: Yes. Kale is trying to escape the Dredge. He hears that they have now they have found the location of the Titan and they're going to destroy the human race.
1: Yeah. Does he understand Dredge? Because it's subtitled so. for us, yeah. but.
0: Apparently so. I mean, everybody acts all the time like they understand dredge. Whenever he's he the
1: only one who. Oh no, that's true. Corso can understand dredge.
0: Yeah, yeah. he manages to uh, kidnap one of the ships. So here we go. Like apparently the ships are not like yeah. people. It's like they are
1: pilotable just by humans. Raft. I mean, he finger blasts his way through through multiple yeah. walls and finally penetrates this. Uh, the ship gets sucked <laughs> inside, and yeah, he sort of handles the electrical controls and manages to fly off after a, a, a departing patrol, and then veer off. They apparently don't really have, like, space traffic control on the dredge mothership.
0: No, just like one of these guys goes the other way. Uh, the people on the Valkyrie immediately go to battle stations when they see a dredge ship. But Kale manages to, like, send the same uh, number
1: sequence that he, I think he used to re- fix the ma- map. Yeah, yes. <laughs> which Goon recognises, thankfully, just in time before uh, Janine Stiff remember those names khaki uh, takes them out
2: but she still in? takes other, an extra shot though Stift, hold your fire ah! <laughs> Oops. whoops at least I missed him
1: how does he come on board uh, he lands the ship in the docking bay or in the oh, cargo yeah, bay oh that's right yeah. uh, there's a happy reunion first with uh, Akima who jumps into his arms and they have a a, a cool sort of hug where they ooh well mm, oh. That's comfortable. They have a few more interactions with uh, uh, with the rest of the crew. It's a
2: nice little reunion.
0: Corso tells uh Kale that a goo needs a hand. Uh huh, here we go oh again. With the joke. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This
2: this this was the really bad one. His fingers are being bent like backwards and I'm oh. just looking at that and just like, ow, no, no, oh, I have oh, bent- yeah. I mean,
0: it's not that bad. I mean I can show you, like some people have flexible hands. <laughs> I am surrounded by very visual
1: podcasters. This is.
2: <laughs> it is one thing to like bend your own like fingers backwards. It's true. another to have like someone just like forcefully like bending them backwards and like dragging you around by it, like that. True. Would, true.
1: I now have two co-hosts who are showing the bendability of their fingers Bro, to each other. I can and let me. I can bend my fingers back is, about ninety degrees. So that it's is <laughs> horrifying. Okay, <laughs> that is really creepy. So it's not. I'm just saying it's not that bad. Stiff has too many knees. Do you have too many? <laughs> Oh, wait. I think Preed has a line about that. Ah, the distal phalangeal meridian.
2: And I don't think that's a space thing. I think that's a hand thing because you're. That was a hand thing. I caught it this time too. I was like, oh, wait, phalange. Like, I know. I found a new joke. (laughs) I'm learning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well done. We get another really cool sequence. Yes,
0: uh, where you have to go to the ice rings of Titan. No, it wasn't Titan, but ice rings Uh, of something or the
2: other. Greg. It's Ty something. It's ha- I'm sorry. Tigrin. Yeah, it's it's Tygrin. Oh, Tigrin. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah! We go to the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I'm very proud of myself now.
0: <laughs> and yes, we get the famous uh, scene where they're flying between two layers of dust clouds, being chased by uh, wake angels, as they're called.
1: Yeah, because he, he goes up to the bridge and it's a, I mean, it's a real nice bonding moment mm. with, with Corso who lets him drive and shows great confidence in him. Open him up. Yes,
2: yeah, so he gets to take out the convertible and... Uh this is Dream this is alive. also known as just like Greg just mouthing the words to the song and oh, just kind of like no, like, yeah. like like no. if, if I had a lighter, I'd just be like holding the lighter up and like <laughs> swinging back and forth with it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a fantastic scene. A uh, little cruising around in the car, and they're flying between these p- pillars. Oh, pillars
2: and these- of. Like c- stardust space, clouds, plasma. yeah. I don't sort of understand like what the, this is.
1: It they looks like the Badlands because they kind of break uh, apart Trek. whenever
0: someone touches them. They yeah. kind of like start yeah. catch on fire and then disappear.
1: Like it's a it's a whole field of like little sort of dust tornado. Oh no, what are they called? You have a better word for dust storms, Greg? Uh,
2: you uh talk- haboob.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> what? It's a fun word to say. I think it's an Arabic word. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah, uh, which, and, which we had one last week.
1: Oh, oof! You okay? Mm.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, just clean up stuff, but that's fine. Oof. So yes, this was the obligatory
0: musical number in the middle of the uh, movie,
1: and they're they're being chased by these benign creatures. Yes, these wake angels, these sort of energy mantle rays. Yeah, that that like to they're sort of like dolphins who like to play in the wake of, yes. uh, of ships because it ooh it's fun. It's,
0: yeah, you've it's, got it's, a little, a, you get a little push from them, and you can just like play around in it.
1: Yeah, they just have fun there, and it's a it's a really fun sequence. Which I wonder if that sort of feels a little bit sour to the uh, uh, animators of Fox Animation Studios, because about 10 months before the studio shut down, I mean, uh, this would have been, I think, still during the production of Titan AE, 300 of the staff were fired uh, so that films could be
2: made more efficiently, and this whole sequence was outsourced. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I think, was 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 this one done by Blue Sky? Because I think that one of, one of these was done by Blue Sky, who then went on to do like, Ice Age and stuff.
1: I mean, it looks great. Right. It looks absolutely, absolutely fantastic.
2: The energy pulses when he's going through stuff and then there are these space dolphins are, have this nice like, little spiral dance number with them. So they're saying yeah. so long and thanks for uh, <laughs> dis- disabling our, our ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so long and thanks for all the plasma. Hey, this is where I noticed, by the way, that a change
1: has occurred. Because in the very beginning of the film, the frame rate of the CGI was particularly low. It was really noticeable in the opening sequence. The animation and the, uh, and the CGI both were extremely choppy. And mm-hmm. for animation, like, you can sort of squint past that because it's, it's quite normal for the uh, uh, the number of frames to drop at certain segments in, a, in an animated film. But for the CGI, it felt so weird. But here, it's a full, like, it looks like a full 24. The animation is smooth and, and gorgeous. Kale has a a bit of a trauma nightmare.
0: His uh, room gets invaded by the dredge, and it turns out to only be a dream, fortunately, because they've arrived at Drifter Colony, New Bangkok.
2: Yes, I really like New Bangkok. You can see basically the Death Star in New Bangkok. It's like a sphere with a smaller sphere inside of it. It's slightly above the hemisphere. Yeah, it's it's a Death Star. Oh, wow. (laughs) it, it, It totally is. Imagine why, like, six-year-old me would see that and, like, yeah. never forget that ever. <laughs> right. That's the question. Did you see this before
1: or after you saw Star Wars?
2: Uh, this definitely would have been, this definitely would have been after because I don't remember a time when I wasn't, like, aware of Star Wars. I remember wow. I remember watching yeah. this for the first time. I don't remember life before Star Wars for me.
0: Well wow. <laughs> Kale goes into a uh, perv a little bit on uh, Akima. <laughs> Steps into the changing shower
1: or something. I'm not quite sure how that works. like that. She gets dressed. Yeah. Uh, okay, so because he walks in on her while she's toweling down, all of my attempts to find the... Towel scene were this one, yes. Yeah, There were the, No! That's not the one. It's the other one with the magical towel that auto-rotates and twists around the his cock. I
0: because apparently they're going to trade foodstuffs. They're going to trade more of the green goo liquid or whatever it is for more Earth artifacts, which she seems to be an avid collector. And frozen burritos, which oh, I could so
1: go for a burrito.
0: Frozen burritos require a microwave, which I don't have.
1: But otherwise, we're good. Yeah, I mean, we can just make, <laughs> why,
0: why don't we just make fresh burritos? I mean, they're probably better than frozen. Oh burritos. no,
1: that's great. We can just freeze those later. Yeah, no, no f- fine, fine.
0: But <laughs> are you no, there?
1: Are you sure you're not a coyote? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I plead the Sith as my co-host is uh, hey. w- want to say on uh, on Revel Air but we don't get to uh, uh, to enjoy this uh, this camaraderie because they overhear a loud conspiratorial conversation between <laughs> like shut the door <laughs> at the very least or go into the the garden of betrayal when you're going to call up the dredge queen and chew them out for uh, uh, uh Trying for to go behind her the back. Gun. Yeah,
2: we had a deal, right? How dare you try to cut me out like that?
1: Because Corso apparently had a deal with the dredge to find and and deliver. Uh, Kale and the the dredge apparently tried to jump the gun by seizing him on uh, on Sesherim.
0: And the dredge are like, we will destroy the humans any way we see fit. You know, we don't care about our deal as long as we destroy the humans. And this is like apparently still not telling Corso that the deal might not be that good for him. Yeah, because he's one of those old humans which are going to be destroyed.
2: There is you something know? that I noticed here for the first time because when Corso and Kale were having a drink beforehand, and it was like, oh, I'll show you how much like my father I am. I'll leave. Like yeah. you have, you have light from like a, a fish tank kind of shining on through like this whole time. Corso's having this meeting at the exact same table, like in oh, his quarters. Yeah. So this is like, so oh. he's, he's making the deal with like both of them in the same place, which is just like a nice, oh, little bit interesting touch. Oh, that is cool. Good eye, Greg. I notice things when I'm. Six inches away from my screen. <laughs> no, but this is this is fantastic. And now things
1: really start to move because Preed comes upon them and guess, like I found these meddlesome kids snooping around the evil carnival or, or whatever. Like we go full on Scooby Doo. What would I find? two little birdies, itchy to fly. Uh, yes, I suppose. We and we do. discover that it's a it's a conspiracy involving Preed as well. There's a bit of a, a fist fight. Cool, sort of muscular punches being exchanged yes. between the two hunks, and they uh, uh, they managed to fight their way free, escape off the ship onto the umbilical towards uh, New Bangkok, shutting the door behind them just before the door shuts. Preed manages to get a few pot shots, one of which t- just blasts through Akima's chest. She got hit pretty good. I mean, she goes and down, crashing down. Uh.
2: When they go and they they talk to the the locals and like, oh, they're getting help for her. She's like, oh, she'll be fine. She just needs rest. She was shot. Yeah. She was That's shot. not just like arrest and you'll get better I, thing. I mean like, it, this is chunks
1: a, of lung came out
0: of her. This is were, a little Asian woman goes like, no, she'd be fine. I make chicken soup. You she she just take rest. You go eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's a vegetarian. Oh no, that's fine. I make lamb. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, they arrive on New Bangkok and it's a very different world than Kale is used to because yeah. people are just helping.
0: Right? Well there, yeah, other humans uh being
1: friendly towards each other. Speaking Oh, which language are they speaking? Bangkok is the capital of Thailand? Thailand, yeah. Thailand. So Thai. So yeah. presumably, yeah. What did you tell him?
2: I asked him to bring corn liquor. No, really, I don't need it. <laughs> Not for you, for boy. Me? he passed out soon. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be fine. She just needs rest. Don't worry. K-
0: Kale, in the meantime, has to explain to Goon and, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, Stith. Stith. Uh, that Cale and Akima have just decided to leave and not even say goodbye. And he's very angry about it, because, like, of course, they escaped. But he's, he's trying not to let on to the other two, who are clearly not in on the conspiracy here.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he's turning quite angry toward his, uh, toward his crew, which Stith barely tolerates, but Goon is so sad that Cale and, and Akima didn't say goodbye. Why did they not say goodbye to Goon?
2: Even uh, though we,
1: like, never see them bond, like, I actually kind of bought yeah. it. I kind of bought that they liked each other. Cale, meanwhile, learns the importance of being human. Again, this is the sort of, like, human supremacist manifesto. But like, if it's just humans together, then everything's nice. See, all we need to do is just
2: get rid of all get of those aliens. Yeah. yeah, and just have our own little ethno-colony. And hold up a bizarre, like, hyper-realistic, but also still kind of cartoonish photo that I has bothered me since the very first time I watched it. The, the, I don't understand this photo.
0: I think the cards, it's like some sort of football card, baseball card, whatever it is, with the yes. kid's dad on it.
1: Because he uh, he wanders through the colony, finds a football uh, belonging to uh, the, the young brother of a sister who is very protective and proud of her brother. Here in the colony, most people got to shut their eyes to see anything other than rusted spaceship hulls. Mm-hmm. Not my brother. <laughs> Shows, shows Kale a photo of their dad, their late dad, presumably, who, yeah, is a, is a footballer. And it's, yeah, it's a curiously well-rendered drawing of a photograph. It is weird.
0: I guess it's meant to look like a photograph, it's like wanted to two, I mean, it'd be instantly recognizable as a baseball card or a football card or yeah, something yeah. like that.
2: In my memory, it was an actual photograph, and then when I saw it here, I was like, "Oh no, it actually is drawn." Just it's in a different style, so it stands yeah. out in a weird. See, a weird I have way. that whenever we see like photographs in the animated series Star Wars Rebels,
1: where everybody is CGI until it's a, a photo of someone, and then they're a
2: drawing. Hmm. That was something that I was thinking about when, yeah. when this came up. I was, like, I was like, "Oh, we have the same like we have the same feeling I'm about same on, sort of in hang-ups. different ways here." Yeah, already our minds are becoming as one.
1: While he's out exploring this uh, this drift of colony, which is made of welded together ships' hulls, Akima has apparently woken from her nap. Yes, which
0: I naps mean, is are is very healthy in this uh, in this universe. I mean, that, it later happens with Goon as well. I
1: guess it counts as a long rest, and she's recovered enough hit points.
2: That's it is basically space yeah. D. <laughs>
0: And, uh, yes, he has spotted the ship, which apparently is, like, just stuck there on the drifter colony. But it's easy enough to fix in a short montage, and yet it's still not being used by all these drifters. Seems odd. Maybe they just need the uh, the experience of, an, uh, of a ship wronger to uh, be able to get
1: it... Uh... <laughs> I knew I'd get you on board! <laughs> and the imagination, because I now finally get why this scene with the football kids was in there. mm mm-hmm. All right, because the sister says that her brother has uh, an indomitable imagination. Everybody else just sees rusted ship hulls, but not my brother. And then Kale goes, hmm. And he has his moment of inspiration, because where everybody else just sees rusted ship hulls, he sees the potential for a ship.
0: I mean, everybody cheers them along as they blast off. Uh, They go full throttle right in between the middle of the colony. Yeah! Has anybody ever heard of maneuvering thrusters in
1: this universe? No, they just, like... They fired the, the rockets on this craft, and also, did they pay for it? I mean, is everybody just... Che- weren't, weren't those I've, somebody's I've, living quarters?
0: That's what I mean. It's like the ship is like completely unused, apparently, but yet immediately salvageable in a short montage.
1: Yeah, so everybody's going yeah. to drop their full day's work and just do uh, uh, whatever right. Cale like, instructs
0: well, them to do? Presumably he has told them about the, what they're going to do, that they're going to find the Titan and uh, save humanity.
1: We had a whole scene about his butt crack being covered by a towel and we couldn't have, like, a rousing
2: speech. Come on. We're, we're going to come back to this point at the end of the movie. But... Or it's just the power of nu metal. That's it's just the power <laughs> of...
0: So off to the Andali nabri- Eblea, the ice rings of...
1: Yeah, that's the one.
0: That's what it says.
1: The, yeah, the the Andali nebe, Nebula,
0: the ice creams <laughs> of Tyron Tiberian.
1: Which War
2: is cool such a cool sequence. Yes. I adore this sequence. The the way that it basically it's mirroring and it. I love the sequence. Like I, CGI. I don't have CGI words
1: for this. Is like this was a revelation when I watched it because this was during the the era when science fiction, you know, space opera cinema was transitioning to uh, to CGI and just seeing it used to this effect because. That's something that you can't do so easily with models, reflections. They're flying between these huge ice crystals, all of which have reflective surfaces, and it becomes this funhouse mirror maze where each ship, because, hey, the Valkyrie is hot on their tail. How? The Valkyrie should be way ahead of them. Oh, oh, they were. Yeah. They got to the Tigran uh, sector and had no idea where the uh, where the Titan would be among them. Right.
0: Those. But Kale's uh, hand map is actually allowing him to home in on it. So, they c- so they're get going to-, to
1: quietly pursue them. Something that the, uh, the, the other members of the crew don't fully understand when Corso orders them to until he has to smack Goon around to stealth... To, to follow them quiet.
2: I hail and communicate. No hailing. Just follow them. Okay, I follow, but I plot new
1: route through Saber Quadrant. If we have, We're going to follow them. And we'll run silent.
0: Stealth mode engaged. But they spot them reflecting off in the
1: crystals of the port bow. It's it's so great. There's a cat and mouse game and okay, K... Yeah. Were you bored by this? No, because this was visually more interesting, I suppose. Than the uh, than the yeah. sequence in the in the hydrogen trees. Okay, fair enough. Because doing, this is another one yeah. of those set pieces that the plot exists to justify, right? Yes, it felt more like a submarine movie
0: where they were like, where, <gasps> yes. where two subs are like trying to uh, like stalk each other. Because there's yeah. also stuff going uh, on on the ships. There's like crew interactions and people uh, trying to outsmart the other.
1: Oh, that's brilliant! Because the only way that they have to really verify where the other ship actually is is the heat bloom when they use their uh, their thrusters. So everybody's trying to sort of coast. Yeah, there's a there's a moment of deception, which I'm not quite sure how it works. You know, they they come upon the Valkyrie and they say, "Oh no," says Akima, "We can't we can't move. They'll see us." And then Kale goes, "Maybe that's exactly what we want." And then. It works out,
0: I guess. Yeah, full thrust. They manage to like, squeeze through a hole of uh, a few big ice crystals which are crashing together, and they manage to uh, give the Valkyrie the shake. And
1: through good fortune, I guess, they come upon...
0: No, the they're, following, they're following uh, oh, yeah, uh, still, Kale's okay. palm map. He's got, like, basically now it's acting like a compass where it just basically points towards the, uh, the Titan. So why not, hey,
2: why not just have it do that? Maybe it only works on short range. Okay, fine. I just thought of a good name for his uh for his little map there. It's oh? it's his palms up display. <laughs>
1: I like that. So,
0: so Oh, Greg. So if he's flying along with it, he's a palm pilot? He's uh,
1: <laughs> So, yeah, he's palming his pud, which is what a palm up display Oh, Greg, you did geez. this? <laughs> oh, no.
0: There goes up PG-13 rating.
1: So, yeah, Kale follows his pud to the t- to his dad's, g- like, garage, the the Titan, is encrusted in ice. Really kind of cool. Because, yeah, it's been hidden among these ice crystals, and apparently it generates enough gravity that they've sort of collided and, uh, and encrusted it. Yes, they managed to dock with,
0: I don't know, it looks like a cantilever bridge which seems a bit weird somehow they make their way mm. uh, inside coming on board the uh, titan they find their way into the genetic data banks, which contain presumably every species recorded on earth
1: Tursiops truncatus off the top of my head bottlenose uh, dolphin yeah very good but there's a butterfly they found and, uh, and a leopard yeah it turns I mean, out they just kind of jumbled them together it's like know,
2: can you at least put them by genus why or is, yes why yeah. are
1: butterflies and leopards right next to each other yeah. what's
2: what's the logic I mean, you could almost assume that it was like it was looking at different like rows or something like just kind of like scanning around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. M- more, I'm more, I'm more just con- concerned by like the, oh, they're all here. You looked at like three things. True, true. <laughs> how, many, how many animals do you think were on? Did you just have like a children's book that just had like three, the three animals of Earth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Bottlenose dolphins,
1: leopards, leopards and, and one butterfly. And these butterflies. Well, yeah, you've got the land, sea, and air. What more do you need on a planet?
0: He finds the control console, which has his old toy that he made with his dad. Yeah. Which apparently his dad has fixed for him in the meantime.
1: He finds a a little spire that he... Yes, he he liked it and he put a ring on it. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) The the German judges are not particularly generous, but it averaged it out to 7.5. Well done. (laughs) But instead of activating the Titan, which... It kind of does. I mean, let's come on. The lights come on and a hologram appears of his dad, who explains to him that, uh, unfortunately, like, the escape costs all the energy in the reserves, and so it doesn't work.
2: Your ring would have activated the transformation sequence, but the Titan's power cells were drained in the
0: escape. They are unable to fuel the transformation. It is up to you to restore their power.
1: Okay, he knew... That planet destroying aliens mm-hmm. wanted to destroy humans and would destroy and kill anyone in the way of finding the Titan. Yeah. So he put his son in the way of finding the Titan. Yeah. That's what he did. He, he knew that these genocidal aliens would kill any species maybe to didn't. find the Titan, so he put the gaol in in front of
0: the Titan? Maybe he didn't have enough time to uh, rekey the uh, genetically encoded car keys that he needed. So, you know, it's like there's only one person with the right genes, and that's his kid. So, sorry, boy, we don't have to- I, No time to have I'm another just, kid, dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, like, who, like, how that change of command would go. Just like, it was like okay, okay, so in a case of an emergency, you need to find a five-year-old. Yeah, uh, right. You know, the ship as well as anyone else. Like, I helped you build it. I don't care. Find this five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> and take his hand. Yes, we're gonna, I'm the- just going to send
0: him away with tech, and I'll come back and pick him up in a few days after I hide this, and then, yeah. What Weird. was the plan? Meanwhile, the Valkyrie has docked as well. Pre tries to kill the other two, uh, Goon and What's Name. Uh, oh,
1: yes, that's right. Yeah, because they're becoming they're start- a
0: liability. They're starting to ask questions. Those
1: two are becoming a problem. We need to take care of it.
0: <laughs> I'm one step ahead of you. He gives him a communicator and then he uses that to try and blow them up, but, which uh, is thwarted by Goon.
1: Yeah, Goon, one of the few people in the universe who recognizes a beeping bomb when he hears one, <laughs>
2: <laughs> grabs well, it off her wrist and seems to be blown up. He's you can see him yeah, flying yeah. back in traumatizes a, a six year old me because I believe this was my first experience with the with the age old trope of oh you think someone's dead and then and then <laughs> oh, surprise yeah. Goon comes back. Oh wow. uh, but like I remember in the moment just like wait what? You yeah. can't you can't kill a mate this isn't how this works. Like I just, I was I just remember as a kid just being like indignant over this like indignant oh, wow. and sad <laughs> I was like Damn. no this is not good <laughs> you wrestled your trembles into rages ally yes. yes
1: deep voyager cut for my oh, nerds out there oh dear yeah I mean it's a beautiful scene he's he's sweet as as stiff uncovers him under the rubble and he says that oh, uh, you know he's going to go to sleep yeah because he's so sleepy and he has a little nap but he's only taking a short rest and yeah. recovering the two hit points that he needs to save him from he's rolling his head yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Preet
0: managed, meanwhile, uh, backstabs Corso. Why? I don't know. No, because he just, like, apparently got a good deal from the from the dredge as well. If you relieve yourself of your firearm...
2: Backstabbing. Well, I learned from the best.
0: But it wasn't just the money the dredge were offering. It was the health
1: clan that came with it. They let me live, provided I kill all of you before they get here. I understand the dredge hedging their, hedging their bets, hedging their dredge, dredging their heads.
0: But yeah, his uh, victory is of uh, short uh, note because everybody starts fighting him, and Corso just literally snaps his neck. And that's the other like t- other time that a non uh, non energy person gets killed in this movie, I believe. Oh, all the, aside from all the uh, uh, all the gal, all the gal who valiantly gave their lives to. Uh,
1: How did little Greg feel about one of the main characters
2: having his neck twisted and? <laughs> thrown down the stairs you you, you know i don't remember i remember when it occurred to me exactly what happened like when i got a little older and i rewatched, i was like oh i watched a six (laughs) oh (laughs) i did not notice that yeah it's pretty
1: hardcore
2: yeah fight it
0: out amongst themselves go flying over the edge we've got a bit of bespin moment there i would say which one do
1: you think cole is kale Oh, kale. now it's Kale? Yes. Okay, see, this is why I ask. You, you act Sorry. so indignant. I've got, cor- like a, I've
0: got Corso right now, so now I'm just like getting Corso <laughs> coal and Kale mistaken.
1: You're like, a, you're like an overfull glass. Any drop of, of knowledge will just, something else has to slosh over the side. Okay, yeah, they, actually they both go over the side onto uh, like a catwalk that, oh no, it crashes and it dangles. And, yep. uh, and Kale actually comes down and tries to save Corso.
0: Yes, but hands slip through, he falls down. Fortunately, he can catch himself on a cable, but we have not seen the last of him yet.
1: Oh ho No, because this did moment- his arms not just, like, rip off? Yeah, I know. Why that, did that not- cable just not slice through his distal phalangeal meridian? Nailed it in one! <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was in there. Because the uh, the imaginative Kale has realised the solution to the problem. Yes, uh, we can reverse the flow of the polarity yeah. and then
0: uh, suck up the uh, dredge. the dredge. We, we can just...
1: Hey, we can genocide them. Yes. To, you know, to attain our goals, which is, you know, I'm starting to think more and more that was the purpose of the the, of the, the Titan. Oof. Anyway, I mean, they can charge it once on Earth with the sun, but then you make one planet. You can't just make one planet. So then you just go to the next dredge city ship and turn that into a planet and then the next one. mm mm-hmm. And instead of dredge, you'll have Earth human planets. That'll be nice. Yeah, but I mean the dredges don't seem to be particularly nice anyway. So,
0: anyway, the dredges are starting to attack while Kale goes out in a spaceship to uh, close the circuit breakers.
1: Yeah, all of this hedges on three circuit breakers being a huge breakers being flipped. One of them doesn't flip very well. Can you and Stiff cover me? I, I just need a little time. How much time? Uh, a few hours. What well, can you do in a few minutes? Akima and Stith, they man the point-defence cannons. They manage to hold their own against this swarm of dread stingers for a little bit. But the Queen very wisely uh, ordered her minions to first disarm the human ship. Yep. Uh, So they target all the cannons. And once they shoot out all the cannons, they withdraw. Yeah. Bring on the big gun. All seems lost when all the cannons are gone and Kale is cornered and and a ship approaches... And gets blasted out of
0: the sky by yes. Corsa with a big FG.
1: No, it's first it's Goon. I my map. <laughs> Goon!
2: <laughs> Who's your daddy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he starts taking out, but yes, then also uh Corso has founded a, a big FG. So we just know that naps are very uh, yeah, healing in this uh, universe. I Apparently, mean, you restore Kima, a lot of health. Points. Yeah,
0: Akima gets much better after a nap. Goon <laughs> gets much better after a nap. Napping is the well, way out, man.
1: I mean, maybe the cucaracha had a wee nap after he got blasted oh, and he's fine again.
0: And he just mopped up his goo together, put his dentures back in the pot, and then after a
2: while, he just kind of crawls back out.
1: Yeah. And probably, hey, Greg, probably breeds just
2: having a nap. Oh yes, yeah. yeah I, I'll I'll go back in time and just tell my six-year-old self that. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> vertebrae are just going to realign. Just going to see a chiropractor and it'll be fine. Only dreams. <laughs> um... but they don't dream. The Krynians don't dream. Oh yeah, they don't. The okay, Krynians right.
1: don't dream. Damn it! That's right. They can't. Nap. <laughs> that's why he's dead. You smoked it. <laughs> So all seems seems very dire because even as he gets access to this uh, uh, this giant breaker, he still can't flip it, and he has to get back to the control panel because he has to put Activate the ring. It with the ring. Yeah. For some reason, he kept the ring with him as he left the control panel. Like in just he just control did, room. Yeah, didn't really think it through. But Corso is there, and Corso has now been inspired by Kale's actions. Yes,
0: but the breaker, Kale, she's preparing to fire. You can't stay out of here. I'll take care of. You. Go on.
1: Get out of here. Very, it, very masculine anyway. yes. chest grinding against one another until, uh, yeah, I mean, he does sacrifice his life. He does. He uh, he wedges his weapon and himself between the two prongs of the breaker, completing the circuit just as uh, as Kale rushes like he he overdrives the the elevator to make it to the control uh, center yes. faster.
0: Gratuitous explosion of a metal elevator at the end of its uh, cable car.
2: OSHA guidelines are there for a reason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, an eternal obsession because, yeah, in the meantime, the Independence Day-like weapon of the of the Dredge Mothership has targeted the Titan. But just before it can fire, Kale manages to, once again... Reverse the polarity. Slip his ring over the, yeah, well, over the control and, yeah, the, the polarity is reversed. The blue energy becomes... Uh, yellow energy that is sucked in. is it's not entirely clear what happens.
0: It gets sucked in. It's like which is weird because like first the blue energy goes down to the Titan, then the yellow energy goes back up to the yeah. uh dredge ship, and then suddenly all it just transforms the blue dredge into yellow golden which all gets sucked back towards the Titan. Which is a
1: nice euphemism for the genocide that is genuinely happening here. Mm.
0: I mean, we still don't know if it's genocide or if they're just like uh, destroying a carrier group, you know. I mean Is this all the dredge? Are are there other dredge? I mean, but they're killing them because they're dredge. Yes,
1: right. Well, Um, I mean, yeah, okay. Arguments for self defense can also be made. Like, yeah, I mean, they
0: shot first. You know, that's fairly obvious. Yep. Uh, Yeah, the Titan like powers up. The extrudes three huge spokes, which set the entire uh, the ice cloud
1: spinning sort of looks like a galaxy all spiraling in together. So
0: they completely destroyed the tourist economy based on visiting these beautiful rings by sucking them all into a planet for human uh, habitation. Yeah.
2: Okay, so there's more cynical readings. (laughs) When I was looking at the secrets again, I just kept on thinking, wait a second, like, Planets take like millions of like hundreds of millions of years to form. It's like cool. Okay, you started you started the formation of a planet. Yeah, uh, come back in like a hundred and forty million years, something like that, to yeah. form a planet. Like that's
0: maybe they just put an awful lot of extra energy into speed up the whole process.
1: I mean. It's basically the genesis device right. This is Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan's genesis yeah, device yeah. and that was also pretty brisk. So they're probably just using the same, you know, same yeah. technology. Titan
0: comes flying out as the planet starts to coalesce and we can see the ice raining down on this newly formed planet and turning it into a beautiful place which already has like geological
1: features and rain and rain and sunlight and sunlight in the form of the photoshop lens flare filter that i recognize immediately
0: <laughs> few god rays coming down
1: yeah while they stand on a, a cgi landscape that looks like it was rendered in bryce 3d which <laughs>
0: I see what you mean
1: 90s yes. kids know what i'm talking about and yeah kale and akima stand here looking out over the planet and, and joking about what they're going to call it
0: Bob. Planet Bob. Bob. Well, that's what uh, Kale wants to call it. You can't call a Planet Bob.
1: Oh, so you're the boss now? You're the king of Bob? Yeah.
0: I mean, he made it, and, well, at least with the help of his dad's voice. Okay, and this is where I come to the point that I'm assuming that they told the uh, Drifter Colony ships what they were going to do in order to get them to give them that ship, because... As soon as Planet Bob is formed, the drifter colony bums are starting to appear. They're not invited or anything. And you're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is our planet now. So that's the only reason I can assume that they told them what they were going to do, and therefore they were gifted the ship. Because otherwise these scroungers are just like showing up and go like, hey, new planet. Let's yeah. go there.
1: Let's do what we always do with planets and just strip mine it. Take it from the natives, And yes. build technologies it- <laughs> that, yeah... Not a moment's reflection on all the many lives and the many heroic aliens that sacrificed themselves to help them achieve this. But no, there's just a, a flirty little come down moment as the refugee ships, apparently the uh, new Bangkok, unwelded itself. Uh, and everybody flew their craft to the planet, to their new home. The last people that we see are the, uh, the soccer
0: yes. siblings. Uh, humans have a new planet, uh, Bob. Or New Earth, new or some, Earth. Pe- some people want to call it
2: planet Bomb. would this follow like like Futurama rules where it'd be new New Bangkok? <laughs> yes, I would think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. good good <laughs> that's, I all will, I, that's, that's all I'll, I wanted.
1: <laughs> oh yes, and this is where we see the title that uh, that explains the uh, the year. yeah, it's 3044 AD or 16 AE yeah. or 1AB.
0: Yes, after Bob.
1: Yes, that was my little joke to end (laughs) Ah. on. And thus we conclude Titan Titan AE. Oh. Now, Greg, on this podcast that you have wormed hold into, uh, we have a tradition of willies and woodies. She gives me a woody. She gives you... The willies. Where willies are things that... Gives you the willies. Yeah, and woodies are... Well, you know (laughs) that helps keep your towel up if uh, uh, if you're thus equipped.
2: Okay, so I think that for me, the CG textures don't always age super great. There's times where I'm looking at like, okay, that's harder to look at, and like there's like one texture in the entirety of the interior of the Valkyrie, and it's like, okay, that looks yeah flat. I mean, those
1: were the days, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, and, and, the like early days. I
2: understand that the, the timing and everything, which is like, ah, uh, that doesn't hold up great. I mean, we have that with the Star Wars prequels
1: as well. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: none of it was completely photorealistic yet. It was still, like, it was amazing that it was there. And of course, because of the various outsourcing, some sequences just look better than others. Like, Planet Bob was probably the worst. Probably, like, the least...
2: Seems uh, like a shame
0: to end with that.
2: All right, so if the CGI, if the bad CGI is your willy, what's your Woody? You know, I just insult the CGI, so I will compliment the CGI and just the entirety <laughs> of the weight wa- of the Wake Angel sequence. Yes, I, I, uh... I thought about the, I thought about like the dredged like Striker things because they're a really cool design, and a re- I just am all about spaceship design and stuff like that. But like, oh yeah. I think about the wake angel sequence frequently, just like, throughout my life. <laughs> to it's just this like, day, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you imagine like being at the at the controls and having
1: an, an, an encouraging parental figure, because it, like, for the target audience of young adult males, that is a it's well-targeted so
2: scene. Yeah, yeah. That, that that sequence has held up. I still feel like like that. It, it still looks really, really good. Oh, it looks gorgeous.
1: I guess. Ooh, yeah. The Casual Murder of the Cucaracha. That one was yeah. my was my yeah. willy. That one really, ugh.
0: I mean, it's like you have to show that the dredge are evil. I mean, if you don't quite already know that at this point, then you have to show that they're still evil and they're just callous towards everybody. But yeah, it's such a weird moment because it's in the movie, it's coded cartoonish and comical. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, they just like shot the guy in cold
1: blood sort of have that same issue with the treatment of droids in Star Wars, who are individuals with very limited agency over their life and whose demise is often played for comedy as well in the same way. All right, and you're Woody? Do you even need to ask? Well,
0: <laughs> uh, the, sat- the towel scene, yes. The towel scene, <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. yes.
1: And all the towel jeeps that I now finally have had an excuse to, to make. And I can bless the internet with the good, good, kale buttered towel... All right. Well, my Willie goes
0: to the gravitational impossibility of the broken moon of Sacherin. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and okay. my Woody definitely goes to the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in over my head. Yeah. I think "Cosmic Castaway" is my favorite. Although uh, it's my turn to fly is also very high up there. And then we come to the titling of the episode. No, oh. the naming of the episode. Episode Bob. There is no way that what cosmic castaway. Okay, right? No. Okay. Can you get a vote on that because it's great? It's like because that's also that could also be uh, John Crichton, right? He's a cosmic castaway. And Greg, (laughs) and Greg, yes, you are our very own cosmic castaway. So yes, okay,
2: I agree. I don't know. Pl- episode Bob is kind of fantastic. Oh too. my god! <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Greg, it's your turn to fly. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so a lot
2: for 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 having me. I really appreciate it. It was it was a lot of fun to do, and uh...
1: we absolutely loved having you over. If anybody would like to hear more of of Greg's antics,
2: how can they follow you through the wormhole to uh, discover? The rest of the Uh, Gregverse. So I can be found at GH underscore cosplay on Twitter and Instagram, or you can listen to cocky complain about droid rights on a Rebel Air pod, Twitter and Instagram, or just anywhere you get your podcast. And that is air Air with with an an H. H.
1: No, you're never taking that away from me. (laughs) I have one catchphrase on our dumb podcast, and I will have it, Greg. (laughs) And that was the story so far, Skate. Okay, so next week we're going back to Farscape. We're going to wave goodbye to our uh, our friend Greg and delve back into the final episode of Season 2, starting with... Episode 219,
0: in which Ocean's Eleven has got nothing on this. A foolhardy plan to rob a bank goes awry when a recurring enemy throws a monkey wrench into the crew's plans. Featuring black latex BDSM blue girls. Girls? Wow. <laughs> yep. A chiptacular twist and the bad kind of bedbugs.
1: Wow! Thank you, Wookie. Really, oh, Wookie's back, baby. Uh, yeah, that's a season two, episode nineteen, a not so simple plan, and oh, I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, We're at SoFarscape on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to like submit your own fantastic synopsis for an upcoming episode, go to sofarscape.com/slash submit. And if you want to chip in, help us keep the lights on here at SoFarscape Studios. That's sofarscape.com/slash support.
2: I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. I'm Greg. So, so far escape so, so, so good. He'll catch up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>